Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. Awesome. Awesome. So good to be celebrating Christmas together. And um, we do look forward to uh, December 24th with all the services and all that'll be, be happening um, on that weekend as well. And of course, you know, we realize people are going to be out of town and may not be here for that. So next weekend, we look forward to another great Christmas service um, to celebrate, you know, with everyone uh, here. You know, oh, I do, I do need to make mention, huge thank you to the guys who put this ice rink together. And um, uh, yeah, if you've, if you've been following it all on, you know, Facebook or whatever, you, all the youth were out, one of, the, one of the connect groups was out making use. I do think they went a little over the top with icing the entire city. Um, that <laughs> might have wanted to just keep it to the rink, but um, Nevertheless, it's been, it's been great and a lot of fun. So uh, parents, again, uh, you know, bring the kids, bring the skates, and uh, have a great time after, after church making, making use of that. Well, I can't imagine a time in my life and probably in yours where we have faced so much uncertainty. Uncertainty. In fact, if, if, uh, if I was to pick one word to describe 2021, that might be the word, uncertainty regulations, expectations, things just constantly changing. Um, you know, you think things are going to go in one direction, then they end up going in a completely different direction. And just the ability to have a sense of foresight, uh, predictability of the future uh, was very, you know, just a guess at best, uh, you know, eventually. That's just what it felt like. These are times of uncertainty, but uncertainty doesn't need to overwhelm you doesn't have to overwhelm you. Uncertainty, uncertainty doesn't have to result in defeat, discouragement, depression, or any other D word that is negative to our life. You know, we can still keep our hope in the midst of uncertainty. In fact, hope is one of those things that can actually get you through any uncertainty that you happen to be facing in life. You know, that first Christmas, uh, when Jesus came into the world, there was plenty of uncertainty that was happening as we read the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. He was not expecting that, right? And her husband, Joseph, since he was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her. So he plans to send her away secretly. Again, he wasn't expecting to do that either. But when he had thought it over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all of this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, 
and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and named him Jesus. Just think about this experience. If you could put yourself in the sandals of Joseph, okay? What would it be like to be Joseph in this situation and in this experience? You know, before uh, Joseph is getting married, he's already having a gender reveal party complete with angels. Um, this is what's going on here. He discovers, you know, his, his fiance is pregnant. I mean, you, you know, think, put yourself in his sandals, as I said. That, that's shocking. Like, that's like, oh my gosh. Then he decides, well, let's just end this. Let's pretend we were never engaged. Let's move on with our lives. And he ends up having a dream where angels are telling him, don't give up. You know, they explain this is the coming of the Messiah. This was prophesied 700 years ago before this particular moment. And God is basically saying to Joseph, you don't have to run from this. You don't have to be afraid of how this is gonna turn out. I'll get you through it. I'll get you through it. Can we just say those words together? I'll get you through it. That's God's promise. That's God's word. Later, Joseph has two other encounters with the Lord. Matthew chapter two and verse 13 says, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and says, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I tell you because Herod's gonna search for the child to kill him. And so here, here Jesus is in danger. Joseph has this encounter with God. God says, I want you to go basically into hiding, get out of the region, then you'll be safe. What's God saying? Joseph, I'm gonna get you through it. Uh, this is going on, but I'm gonna get you through it. Then Matthew chapter two and verse 19, when Herod died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And he said, get up, take the child and his mother, go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. Then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee and came and settled in a city called Nazareth. Once again, God's message to Joseph and the experience he is having is simply this. I'm gonna get you through it. There's things going on, but I'm gonna get you through it. The circumstance may not change, but I'll get you through it. The danger might still be there, but I'll get you through it. Even in uncertainty, the promise of God is that he is the God who will get you through it. You can have hope in uncertainty because God can get you through it. Changing the circumstance isn't always the answer. Don't you wish that was always the answer? Don't you wish that every time you prayed for a circumstance to change, it would change? that, you know, on your amen, this thing is gonna move. You know, we have scriptures, after all, that do talk about those sorts of things. And, and I, I'm sure that I'm like you. I just wish every circumstance would change. It'd just be a lot easier if every circumstance would change and those kinds of prayers got answered the way that we prayed them. But changing circumstance isn't always our answer, yet God will get you through the circumstance. We see this pattern throughout Scripture. You know, we see Daniel, who would not bow down to an idol, and uh, he ends up being tossed in a lion's den. They come the next morning expecting to find pieces of Daniel, and Daniel walks out unharmed from the lion's den. God got him through it. 
Daniel's friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and I won't ask you to spell their names. Um, you know, they, again, would not bow down to an idol. It was obviously an idol. They end up being thrown into a fiery furnace. The scripture says when they looked in the furnace, there was a fourth man in the fire. Come on. And they walked out of that fiery furnace unharmed. You know, when, when David was uh, called to be the next king and anointed by the prophet to, to be that person, Saul, the current king, so insecure, so fearful, and so intimidated that he just was hunting David down, trying to get rid of him and all the rest. And David had to go through that before he could become king. Sometimes there's things you gotta go through before you get to the very thing that God has promised you. Moses went through the Red Sea in order to get uh, to the promised land. Moses also had to go through the wilderness in order to reach the promised land. And then when they got there, Joshua takes over. And listen, Joshua has to go through some battles to occupy the promised land. Oh, you didn't hear me this morning. <laughs> Joshua had to go through some battles to get to the promised land. I'll say it once more for the ones that slept in. Joshua had to go through some battles to get to the promised land. All right, I'm gonna help you now. I'm gonna help you. You are gonna go through some battles to get to your promised land. Come on. But God will get you through. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse two. Jesus is slow this morning. <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit's gonna wake you up. Isaiah 43 and verse two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will flame burn you. You know, the thing about this passage is, it's not saying to us, when you come to waters, I just cause them all to dry up. When you come to a river, I just stop the flow. When you come to a fire, I'll put that fire out before you move forward. That's not what the scripture is saying. The promise in this verse is this. I'll get you through it. I'll get you through it. You can put your hope in the one that can see you through the challenges of life. You see, if you fix your hope on the circumstances, then you'll just always be expecting that situation to change. And when it doesn't, you'll lose hope. The circumstance not changing does not mean God's not answering your prayer. Mm-hmm. Come on. The circumstance not changing doesn't mean God doesn't have an answer. The circumstance not changing doesn't mean God's not paying attention or doesn't care. But the circumstance not changing also doesn't mean that there isn't hope and that God can't see you through. So instead, we're to fix our hope on the one who can get us through no matter what the circumstance. That's how the Apostle Paul describes Jesus because obviously that was his experience. You read the New Testament, you'll read about the Apostle Paul, you'll read about a man who was resisted, who was fought, who was beaten, who was left for dead, who was thrown in prison, uh, who was betrayed, all this kind of stuff that goes on. And in 2 Corinthians 1.10, he says this, he on whom we have set our hope. In the midst of everything that he faced in life, his relationship with Jesus is described as 
he on whom we have set our hope. And then the verse says this, and he will yet deliver us. He will yet deliver us. He's the deliverer. Set your hope on him. How do you keep your hope when things look so uncertain? You keep your hope in the God who can see you through whatever life throws at you. You know, part of the story, of course, of Christmas is all about the, the wise men who came and brought their gifts to Jesus. Uh, these wise men in their time would have been considered like modern day astronomers who were following a star. Matthew chapter two and verse one describes it. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the Eastlands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, this part of the story of Christ coming into the world is, is really about the wise men acting on what they were certain about in the face of uncertainty. They knew the star was an indicator of the coming Messiah, that there was a star prophecy, it's literally called, Numbers 24, 27. So that's why in the scripture, they're so emphatic. They said, we didn't just see any stars, we saw his star, we saw his star. But that was all they knew. They didn't know which community to go to. And so they kind of guessed and decided, well, let's go to Jerusalem. It might make sense that he would be there. And then it was while they were in Jerusalem that they learned about another prophecy about the Christ coming and being born in Bethlehem. To get to see Jesus on that day required them to be acting on what was known in the face of uncertainty. That's what hope does. Hope doesn't focus on what is unknown. Hope doesn't focus on what you're not certain about. If the wise men had just focused on what they didn't know, if the wise men had just focused on what they were unclear about, if the wise men had just focused on, well, we got this little bit of information, but there's a whole lot more information that we don't have, they wouldn't have even begun their journey. They'd have just been, they'd have just been stalemated, just stuck, stayed right there. You know, later in the chapter, in verse nine, the scripture says this, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. In other words, it was staying focused on what was certain that was guiding them through what was uncertain. Don't let the unknown undermine your hope. For these wise men, all it took was a star. Jesus taught about fighting off fear and worry and anxiety by focusing on what is known. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus gets into a, a whole talk about anxiety and, and not being worried about what you're gonna wear, what you're gonna eat, and where you're gonna stay, all these different things. And, and then he compares it to the animals and says, listen, you're more valuable than all these animals, and yet God takes care of them. And then as he wraps up that talk in Matthew 6, 34, he says this, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. You see, tomorrow is unknown. Tomorrow is uncertain. Today is what we're certain of, and today is what we can act in. And if you'll focus on tomorrow, what you'll do is you'll fuel fear and anxiety and worry. Because why? There's nothing you can do about your tomorrow except imagine. 
And a lot of times what happens in your imagination is when you get on that track, it starts going to a, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Worst case scenario kind of thinking. Focusing on the unknown just tends to fuel anxiety and fear in people's lives. Our minds want to go to the worst case scenario, but I have great hope for today because today is known. I can do something about today. I can make the right decisions today. I can act on my today. Furthermore, what I do today will impact my tomorrow. So there's great hope in living one day at a time, thinking that way, focusing that way, focusing on what you know, not what you don't know. Keeping hope in uncertainty is about focusing on what you are sure about. You know, when things are not certain in life, we are tempted to self-manufacture our own certainty as a solution to it. Things are not certain. The temptation is to self-manufacture, come up with our own sense of certainty because we just, we just so want to be certain. We just so want to have the answer and, and not walk in a place of, really, to be honest with you, a place of trust. It's just easier to have it all figured out. That's what we like to do. This was the experience that Viktor Frankl, a Nazi concentration camp survivor, had. In his book called Man's Search for Meaning, Dr. Viktor Frankl shared a story from his experiences in the concentration camps during the Holocaust. He noticed that the death rate of prisoners in the camps spiked during the week of Christmas and New Year's of 1944. He, being a psychiatrist, attributed this to many prisoners who held on to the hope of liberation before end of year during World War II. And when they saw that no, no change in their circumstance, they lost hope, and this directly impacted their immunity and their ability to survive. What did they do? They manufactured their own certainty. They started to say to themselves, and to others, I'm sure, you know what? Christmas is coming. I'll bet you we'll be out of this by Christmas. You know what? New Year's is coming. I'll bet the new year is gonna bring something different for us. We'll be out of here by New Year's. We'll be free. We'll get to have a different experience once New Year's uh, comes around. Now, forgive me already for bringing this up, but can you remember back in March of 2020? Tell you, you're going to have to forgive me for bringing it up. <laughs> Remember when we went into the first two weeks of, uh, you know, lockdowns? And, uh, I, I, I'm, you know, this was my thinking. I'm sure many of you thought something similar where you looked at this and went, you know what, this will all be over in about two weeks. Yeah, it's funny now. But it wasn't, was it? Then I began to have conversations about, you know what, Easter's coming. It'll be over by Easter. What does Easter have to do with the virus? I don't know. But we just, you know, we just, we kind of figure this out, don't we? Um, but you know what? We're past spring, but summer's coming, and everything changes in summer, and yada, 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 and, and all the comments on Facebook help us with these things, I'm sure. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, it's going to change by then. And as we just continue through this, we just keep watching this so-called end date keep getting moved on us. So here's the question. How do you keep your hope in uncertainty? 
Hope holds on to an expectation of a good outcome in the future, but hope also avoids making assumptions to predict how and when it will exactly happen. Come on. Hope holds on to the expectation of a good outcome in the future, but hope also avoids making assumptions to predict how and when exactly it will happen. Instead of presumptuous guessing, what we need is perseverance. Hope empowers perseverance. Perseverance is required to realize hope fulfilled. Romans chapter 8, 24 says this, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what we've already seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, through perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Our hope in the promises of God for our lives need to be held on to without adding any assumptions or presumptions to it. When we add assumption to those promises, we create presumptions that undermine our perseverance. Presumption can undermine perseverance. That's why Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Notice the second word, hope deferred. In other words, you had a timeline on it and it got pushed back. You, you thought this will be done by then and then got moved. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So if I'm assuming how and when everything will happen for me and then it doesn't happen because I've assumed, I added that to my hope, my hope has now been deferred and my hope is now disappointed and damaged. Hold on to your hope, but keep it pure. Don't add your assumptions. Don't add your presumptions. Just hold on to your hope. You know, I remember going through the season of purchasing <clears throat> this, this property that we're in and I can remember, you know, after, uh, you know, having conversations, kind of a handshake deal, and then we're at the point where it's like, okay, we, we got we to gotta secure the, the financing, and we thought we had that all done, and we, I went into, you know, we all went into the July long weekend that year, and, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have a great weekend, and then on Tuesday, we're signing the documents, and we're moving forward, you know, hallelujah, all that good stuff. Then on Friday afternoon, I get a phone call saying, we actually are not gonna go through with financing. This phone call came from a bank. And so from that moment on, it was like, okay, there's other banks. We gotta chase down some other people. And just started going literally one after another, boom, 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 just kept, kept chasing them down, kept getting similar stories about how you need to sell the other building for us to get behind you on this building. It was like one after another, one after another, one after another. And... Um, you know, I can just remember my prayer in that time was like, God, these people are not gonna wait forever. <laughs> the current owner is not sitting there going, hey, whenever it works out. You know what I'm saying? He has a plan. So you need to make this happen in a timely manner. And praying that prayer without telling God exactly what that time needed to be, because if you did, you'd lose hope. And so you're just hanging on to hope. And it reminds me of this scripture, Ecclesiastes 9.4, where it says this, whoever is joined to all the living, there is hope. There is hope. For better a live dog than a dead lion. Put that on your fridge. <laughs> See, a 
as long as your dream is still living, there's hope. And as long as the situation was, we're just waiting for when you get the financing to move forward, the dream was still alive and there was still hope. And I can literally remember being in a, in a meeting when we were really close to everything coming together and, and having somebody in the meeting say, I just got a phone call from another you know, organization that heard our building is for sale. I'm like, Jesus, I hope you're hearing my prayers because I feel like I'm on the edge right now, the edge of either this goes through or this fails. But here's the deal. As long as it's living, there's hope. As long as it's living. It doesn't matter, you know, a dead lion is just a metaphor of, you can have this big thing and you think it's just great, but the truth of the matter is it's dead, it's over. But a live dog, it's living and there's hope. Well, the dream was living. Well, the opportunity was there. Well, the door was still open. There was hope. And hope is all you have to hold on to. Hope is all you have to hold on to. Keep believing and speaking about your hope. Keep praying for your hope. Keep persevering in your hope of a good outcome. Be on guard against adding assumptions and presumptions to your hope. Just hang on to the one that your hope is in. Hope has a foundation. What's your hope? What is the foundation of your hope? You know, when you talk about it, uh, it's not pulling something out of the sky. That's not hope. It's not just wishful thinking where it's like, well, it'd be really nice if this happened. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, that's just wishful thinking. That's not hope. Hope is not just optimism. You know, it's not just being a positive thinker. That's not hope either. Um, but I wonder what your hope is. What is your hope? You see, the biggest uncertainty that everyone faces in life and the biggest uncertainty that everybody is facing right now is not what will happen in 2022. That's not your biggest uncertainty. Your biggest uncertainty is not what's going to happen next in this pandemic. That is not your biggest uncertainty. The biggest uncertainty is eternity. That's the biggest uncertainty that everybody faces in life. What happens after this life what is your hope in when it comes to eternity? You know, maybe you just hope it'll all work out. But why? Why do you believe what you believe? Maybe you hope, man, I'm, I'm living a pretty good life and, and that, ought to, that ought to be all that matters. But you know, the scripture does not tell us to put any hope on our personal performance in life, nor does it give us any kind of promise about eternity by looking at how good you live or that you think you live. On top of that, everybody has their mistakes and failures, everybody. Maybe you think you're a, a spiritual person and that's all that matters. Well, I'm spiritual, eternal life is spiritual, I'm hooked up, it's all good. But you know, the book of James in the Bible, there's a scripture that says this, the demons believe in God and tremble at the thought. Demons are spiritual. No matter what your hope is regarding eternity, there is one thing that you should never put your hope in. Absolutely never. You should never put your hope in your opinion, but rather put your hope in what God has provided regarding eternal life. Your hope should be founded on God's word and more specifically on the fact that Jesus came at Christmas, that Jesus died and rose again at Easter. We celebrate that and has provided for the sins of the world. 
As the scripture says, there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. John 3.16 describes this where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Christ's death on the cross and subsequent resurrection have purchased eternal life for you and I. This is why Paul describes Jesus literally as our hope. Paul, 1 Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. Hope is actually knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He alone has taken away the uncertainty of eternity when he gave us eternal life. Now, the book of Hebrews calls this hope an anchor for your soul, an anchor for your soul. In other words, no matter what is happening around you, as long as your soul is anchored to Christ, you're still secure. Our hope isn't to be anchored to the always changing circumstances of life around us, and many times people do that. But it's meant to be anchored to Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So my question to you is this, what is your soul anchored in? What is your soul anchored in? What keeps your life from drifting into fear and worry and stress and anxiety? What is your soul anchored in? Maybe even drifting into a place where you're making decisions and choices that you never thought you would make and they're leading your life into a mess. What is your soul anchored in? The scriptures talk about not putting your hope in wrong things and just to give you a few of the ones it talks about, it talks about finances, money. Uh, Bible, by the way, has a lot of positive things to say about money. Don't think the Bible's negative about money. But it does use this phrase at one point where it talks about the uncertainty of riches. In other words, you can put money in your life at a place of hope that it shouldn't really have. The uncertainty of riches. Some people put their hope in people, people around them. And yet it's people that can change as much as any circumstance. They can disappoint you. They can even betray you. Some put their hope in opinions, philosophies that people make up to try to explain their reality, but there's no substance to them. They won't last. Jesus isn't a fad. He's not up and then down. He, he's not here today, but then gone tomorrow. Jesus is the eternal savior of all mankind. And by invitation, he becomes your savior. So I invite you to pray. Let's stand as we, as we pray. Lord, first of all, I wanna pray for everyone here who's taken in this message that no matter what it is that they're facing in their life right now, no matter what point of uncertainty they feel that they're dealing with, you're the God who promised that we could walk through the waters, we could walk through the rivers, we could walk through fire, and we'd make it to the other side. We wouldn't, we wouldn't find our lives damaged by it all. Jesus, I just pray for people that are facing uncertainty. May they hold you as their hope. May you guide them and secure and take them through to the other side safely in their lives. Right now, before we close, I wanna pray for those who, who need to get that certainty about eternity that only comes from one place and that is from Christ. 
putting our faith in what Jesus did for us, not in what we did for us, not in how good we lived, not hoping we've got to figure it out, but a confidence comes into our heart when we say yes to Jesus, that we've been forgiven, we've been accepted, that we can now walk with God through life and on into eternity. And if you don't have that confidence, you don't have that assurance, you can have it today. You can pray with us today. You can say yes to Jesus today and everything about your future will be changed to God's glory. Whether you're watching online or here in this room, if you know you need to pray this prayer with us, we invite you to pray along with everyone else. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. You're the savior of the world. And I put my trust in you. I'm turning from my sins. I'm confessing you now as my savior and my Lord. And I'll follow you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.